Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. privilege and honor for me to be here in the presence of the Lord with you all, celebrating together how good the Lord is. Has the Lord been good to you? Amen, right? Um, I appreciate Pastor uh, Robert Sluter for allowing me to come here this morning and sharing about what God is doing in Pakistan, actually. Uh, This is something uh, probably uh, you were not connected to in that region, but I believe uh, from today's onward, uh, we are committed to work together. We're committed to uh, know the ministry more in detail, what's happening in that part of the world. And I would like to introduce you um, into that region and let you know the importance of that region where, I, where I'm from. How many of you know uh, the country of Pakistan? Probably very few people, yes, very few people. Uh, if someone has served in the military, probably you know more. Uh, it's a war zone. Uh, we border with Iran and Afghanistan, China on one side, Russia, parts of the Russia, on one side and India on each side of us. And uh, the country has been very important from many years, but especially became very well known when the 9-11 happened. Because after the 9-11 war, uh, the most wanted man, and you know who that was, the Bin Laden, uh, he was killed and captured from Pakistan. So, the ministry of the Church of God is very strong in that part of the world. Uh, We exist in the country of Pakistan from at least last 50 years or 49 years, 
maybe 48, and almost as old as I am. And uh, the Lord has been good because if we look at the region and situation and how uh, the mindset that we are fighting with the people, uh, it seems very difficult to plant churches. It seems very difficult to lead people to Jesus Christ. But by the grace of God, I am here to let you know that we have 230 churches in the Church of God in Pakistan. And uh, most of those churches or majority of those churches, uh, one way or another way, uh, they were either directly planted or helped people plant that church by our family because our family has been very uh, influential in that part of the world. My grandfather, my father, and my, my father, they were four, four brothers. And all of them were in the ministry. And that actually was a response to the call of our grandfather, who never pastored a church, but he was a minister. He, he was a preacher. He was a, he was a layman. And he was a missionary uh, to the people of Iran and Afghanistan. I, uh, let me share with you a brief, little brief testimony. I shared with Pastor Sluder last night how Church of God came into Pakistan through my grandfather and uh, another American evangelist pastor who was serving in Bahrain, Middle East. They got together. But prior to that, my grandfather actually was a missionary uh, in Afghanistan areas, in Iran area, and he was serving as a translator uh, to a Swedish missionary who was in that region. And because my grandfather was fluent in English, he served in the military uh, back in those years. And when missionaries, they go in other countries, either they will learn a language or they have to have a translator to communicate with people. So my, dad, my grandfather, uh, he was serving that role with the missionaries. Uh, serving in that region for a number of years, my grandfather says, and, and I have heard that story from him, uh, he went to be with the Lord in 1994, and I was uh, about 21 years of age at that time. Uh, he said, uh, we didn't do good among those people because uh, you can understand the mindset of the Talibans, the mindset of those people who, uh, who were terrorist people. And when they were serving in those areas, they really didn't do very well in that area. And my grandfather said, when we packed up from there, and when we moved from that area away, uh, one day before they left, he went up on the mountains. And if you are familiar with the, with the geographical situation of that region, there are mountains, the big, huge mountain that divides Pakistan, Iran, and Afghanistan because they all border. He said, I went up on the mountains and I, I looked toward Afghanistan and Iran and I lifted my hand and I made one commitment to the Lord. I asked the Lord that if you will give me one more chance, and he said, at that time, all my, uh, my uncles and my dad, they were all young students in the, 
in the schools and colleges and everything. None of them was in the ministry, practically. But the prayer and the commitment with the Lord of my grandfather was that if you will give me one more chance, I will dedicate all my generation for the ministry. And many years after, all his four sons became pastors in the church of God and the next generation, which is me, my brothers, my cousins and others, they're all in the ministry. And now we have planted well over 230 churches on the basis and the call and the commitment of our grandfather, what he made to the Lord. I mean, he failed. He said, I, I confess, I mean, we didn't do good. And we failed. We were not able to plant any church in that area because the opposition was so strong. But on the other side, God turned his failure and his commitment into a great success in that part of the world. Amen? Uh, so this is the kind of God we serve. So Pakistan right now is going through a very difficult situation because we're fighting with that same mindset with terrorism, uh, with Talibans, and ministry is, uh, has, has become very difficult in these areas. Planting churches have become very difficult in certain areas. But by the grace of God, we are moving. People are coming to the Lord every day. I'm just going to show you a video, if you can uh, 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 prepare that. And in that video, you will see that literally a month ago, in one of the city of Pakistan, you can just stop for a moment. Just a moment. Stop right there. Stop right there. Uh, 21 churches were attacked in one city. 21 churches. And hundreds of Christian homes, they were burnt in fire. All their belongings, they were brought out of their homes, and they were set on fire. And you will see in that video what is happening. And on the other side, you will also see that, uh, and this is actually is a biblical pattern. When the persecution grew up, in the early church, in the first century in Jerusalem, people scattered, and wherever they go, they planted churches. They won many people to the Lord. And you will also see uh, in these pictures that even though we, have, we had a lot of persecution, but just two weeks ago, three weeks ago, in one of our churches, just in one church, 75 new converts came in. And they gave their life to Jesus, and they were baptized. So now you can uh, watch the video. It's a three, maybe four minutes video, and I'll come back, and I'll share with you more uh, about it. So now you can see the mindset, you know, among the people. They are very em religiously emotion, emotional. And leading those people to the Lord is really a challenge. But you saw that people were coming on buses, and they were hearing the word, and we were baptizing them. So one side is a persecution, but on the other side, we are so glad people are coming to the Lord and they are accepting him as their personal savior. Amen? Amen. So I want to ask you to remember Pakistan in your prayers. You can, when you pray every day in your home, uh, just remember Pakistan 
And if you go on, on Google or which, whatever media you use, you can find these churches which were attacked two week, three weeks ago. Actually, on August 15, the attack happened. So a lot of the people are still not settled in their home. Uh, government is helping some missionary uh, institutions. The other churches are helping. The NGOs are helping to bring the people in so they can resettle. So remember Pakistan in your prayers, you know, because we're going through a, a difficult times. Uh, 21 churches mean the 21 pastors lost their income. They have no food on the table. Uh, those homes, the 100 people, they, they lost everything because it was set on fire. You saw that. And you will find a lot of the information on internet regarding this attack. But we thank God, the Church of God was there to help the people and love them. And I know that uh, your church and this state has been also encouraging the churches to contribute toward it. So I have come to let you know that I'm so thankful for your sacrifice that you made for Pakistan. Amen? I want to minister today, this morning, uh, from the Word of God, right from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24. And many of you know that uh, this particular chapter actually is known for the signs before the return of the Lord. And this chapter is also considered one of the sermons of Jesus Christ that he preached when he was on this earth. Many of you people know uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus preached uh, uh, the parables. And this was also the preaching of Jesus Christ. And in this preaching we will see, uh, when we will begin reading, uh, in the 24th chapter, generally it's known about uh, the signs and what will be taking place, what will happen before I will come back. And if we read in the 22nd, uh, 24th chapter, this is actually a conversation. And conversation uh, between Jesus Christ and his disciples. As we read in the, um, uh, in the first uh, a couple of verses, maybe third, third verse. The whole or entire conversation is circled around the two major questions. And do you know it's very interesting what those questions were. Uh, the question number one was... Tell us, when will these things happen? And the second question was, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Well, these two questions still are very valid. And many of us, we still think, when is the Lord coming back? When he, is he returning? But the interesting story here is that did Jesus ever give them the answer that when I am going to return? Well, Jesus also said, it is not to me or to my knowledge to know about when I'm going to come back. It is the Father who knows. 
but it is interesting the world that we are living in right now there has been many people uh, who has been prophesying and even given the dates that Jesus is going to come on that particular day or that particular hour but what Jesus mentioned uh, in the 24 chapters he gave uh, these signs and he said look for those signs and many of you know and you hear in the news and you read in the newspaper or internet or whichever uh, means of information you use if we read the 24th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew and you look around the world and then if you will start comparing everything that is happening in the world with the 24th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew you will see that almost everything that you read here has been either fulfilled or it is happening right now in around the world. So let's look at some of the things in the 24th chapter. What does, it, what does that say? Number three verse as we read it says, As he was sitting on the Mount of Olive, the disciples came to him privately. You know, sometimes the things we cannot speak in the public, we speak in our private circle. And we all have a private circle. Jesus also had his private circles. And well, as we look at his disciples, uh, he had a group of 70. He had a group of 12. And he also had a group of three people who were always sticking with Jesus Christ and they actually wanted to know what is the next step, what's going to happen. And over here too, some of those people, they came to him privately. They may probably, they took him on the side, Jesus, maybe this is something that you don't want to tell to all other 12, at least let us know when is all that going to happen. And if we further down, Go and uh, read from verse 6. It says, You will be hearing of wars and rumors of war. Well, America have gone through different wars, right? I mean, the Civil War, or the War of 1800s, or, or the Wars of 1900s, the World War I and II, but as we are living in the present days, there's a one last war that people start talking right now. I, I, I was hearing, uh, listening one talk show, uh, news talk show in the media, probably a couple of months ago. And they were saying, after President Reagan, when he talked about the... Uh, the Armageddon War, which is the one last war before the return of the Lord, according to the Bible, President Biden was in his circle in somewhere in D.C. There were a group of people, and he talked about that we are actually moving right now toward the Armageddon War. I, I live in that region, in Pakistan, and most recently what I have followed and this gentleman was talking to me about some of those, that information uh, when we were in a prayer room there. How 
Russia and China, Iran and North Korea, they are assembling and making a union and they're all nukes, the nuclear power countries. And Pakistan, our country, I mean, it's hanging in there. They're still not sure that either they're going to joining, be, be joining that group or the American side. And India, of course, you know, is the allied with, with the American forces. But all that is happening in that part of the world, it looks like something big is going to happen very soon. I heard uh, uh, last week when the president of, uh, of North Korea was in Russia, and he has committed, uh, I think, close to 600,000 uh, soldiers he is sending over to Russia to, to fight the Ukraine, Ukraine and other uh, countries in case if they need them. And Russia is giving them so much nuclear weapons and everything else and equipping them for the future war. So world, it looked like is moving away from the peace. So all these rumors, I am here to let you know that there will be no peace until the Prince of Peace will come back and that Prince of Peace is Jesus Christ no matter what. United Nations can try or, or the Security Council can try, but I'm here to let you know that United Nations will fail, uh, a Security Council will fail, but the Prince of Peace will not fail, and he will be the one to bring peace in this world. Hallelujah. You will hear wars and rumors. See that you are not frightened for those things must take place, but that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nations, the kingdom against kingdom, and various places there will be famine and earthquake. You know, I think just a few months ago, the biggest earthquake, one biggest in the history, just uh, happened in, in Turkey. I think 45 or 50,000 people were killed. And a couple of years ago, uh, you know about the tsunami that came in Indonesia, in the forest countries, killed like millions of people. Uh, last year, we in Pakistan had the worst ever flooding in the country of Pakistan where 55% of the land was under the water. Millions of people lost uh, their homes and and, and, and cattle and animals and all. All these things were written in the Bible. Jesus talked about it. That before I return, everything is going to take place. But all these things are merely the beginning of the birth pain. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. And if this is the beginning, just think about it. What will be the end of it? But I'm here to let you know that Jesus Christ is coming back very soon. I don't know when. No one knows when. Even Jesus said, I don't know when I'm going to come back. Father knows. But look up about these signs when all these things will happen. 
When all these things, when nation will rise against nation, when earthquake and famine will, will be rumors from all over, in the midst of that, I am going to come and I'm going to take my church, the believers, my bride, take with me to heaven. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. And you will be hated by the nations because of my name. The church in America, hear me. Do you know why does the world hate America? Not because you are the superpower. I don't think so. Probably you have a different perspective than I do. But coming from where I have come from, from a different nation, from a different country, from a different mindset where I was born, raised, grew up all my life, lived in Pakistan. The world don't hate America because you are rich, because you are loaded with resources, because you are economically very strong. Uh, maybe you have the super army in the world. You are a superpower in the world. These are not world's concern. The world hates you because there was a time when you sent out missionaries in the world. You know, how did my parents come to know the Lord? My parents are from a Sikh religion. They were not Christians. They never knew the Lord. They bowed down before the, before the stones, stone gods. And somebody, missionaries, you don't know who they were, probably they were from your family or from, from, from whichever city, country. Church of God has been sending missionaries from over 100 some years around the world. It is because of your people, missionaries, that you are carrying the gospel out in the world. And because of that, the Bible says, because of my name's sake, the world will hate you. And that's what the world hates you. They don't like you because you are giving people hope. And anyone who gives people hope, they will hate you because hope is only find, found in the name of Jesus. No one else has a hope. Jesus has a hope. And you sitting here are the hope givers. Any one of you, it does not matter how old are you. Maybe, you know, you think, or maybe I cannot even walk properly, but I'm here to let you know you are a hope giver. If you think you are too old, I'm here to let you know that you are a hope giver. And that hope is found in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The verse 12 says, verse 11 actually, many false prophets will rise and will mislead many. Don't you think we live in the world where everybody wants to mislead everyone? I'm not talking about you. You are the, you know, the pure, the, the holy people of Jesus Christ. You are special people. You are his sons and daughters. I'm talking about the world. The world that we live in, it is hard to trust people in this time because people want to cheat on you. They want to, they want to mislead you and misguide you. Jesus said, this will be the one sign. And look up when all these things will happen. 
Nobody will tell you the truth. I'm going to come in the midst of that. Because lawlessness will increase. Lawlessness. Most people's love will grow cold. Nobody loves. You really cannot love anyone unless you have Jesus in your heart. Because the world cannot love anyone. The love of the world is based on the lust. This is how the world look at the word, word, word love. But I'm here to let you know that there is one. He said, I have come to love you. I have come to save you. I have come to protect you. When world will hate you, I will still love you. Because I have not changed my mind about you. My mind is still the same about you when I created you in my own image, in my own likeness, in my own holiness, in my own beauty and love. When I created you, you are still my love and you are still my people. Jesus said, I still love you. And now, reading through the 24th chapter, when you see all these things happen, or happening, or taking place, as we enter the 25th chapter, Jesus said, this is how you are to live. You saw that all and everything is going to take place, but now I want you to live a certain lifestyle. And let's look in the 25th chapter, what does the Bible says about what's going to happen and how you are to live. In the 25th chapter, Jesus spoke about three parables. And in the first parable, Jesus said, there were ten virgins. And he categorically divided those ten virgins into two groups. But the interesting thing is, they were all virgins. Jesus categorically divided them. He says five of them were very clever, they were very prudent, very faithful. But the other five were lazy, sit back and relax. But they were virgins. You know, if I use the, the Church of God technology, uh, terminology, probably at some point, they were also saved, sanctified, spirit baptized. You know, that's what we use in the Church of God, right? I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm spirit baptized, right? That's a Church of God language that we use. We use in Pakistan. You use it in the U.S. too, right? I think it's the same language, same mindset throughout the world, the church of God. We are saved, we are sanctified, and we are spirit baptized. Amen? And these virgins were also at some point, they were the church of God. But Jesus said, well, five of them are faithful, they are prudent, they are clever. But the other five, even though they were still, they were sanctified, saved, but they are not up to the standard now. Look around in these pews. Probably many, many months ago, many weeks ago, there were many people sitting right next to you. Where are they at? They fall under that category. They were virgins. 
But they were lazy. They decided to sit back on that sofa couch in their living room and flip-flop the channels of the television. You know, I don't like this one. Okay, let's go to the next one and, and the other one. You are the people who have time, who took your time out and came into the presence of the Lord just to thank him. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the chance and opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the breath that I could come back to your house and say, Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for giving me another day. Where are those people? Where are those other virgins? Jesus said, you as a virgin, you are to stay awake until I come back. Stay awake and stay busy. Where are the other five virgins? The second parable he spoke about, Jesus said, a man went on a journey. And he called his servants. And he gave them talents according to their ability and according to their capacity. And I want to focus on this a little bit. According to your ability and according to your capacity. The Bible says to some he gave ten and five and two and one. And the one who received Ten, he came back and he said, Master, you gave me ten, and now here are ten more. He went and he invested. Because there's the same verse, uh, same thought uh, in, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verse 13, it says, And he called ten of his slaves and he gave them ten minas. And he said to them, do business with this until I come back. Do business. Stay in the business. Church, do you know that we are in the kingdom business? We are in the kingdom business. We receive Jesus. We receive the salvation. And now we are to go out and invite people into that kingdom so that there will be many. Invite those other virgins who are not faithful, who are not awakened, and bring them into the kingdom. That's what Jesus meant. He says, stay in the business until I come back. Jesus said, So he gave them according to their capacity and according to their ability. Let me ask you this question. What is your ability? Can he trust you with 10? Can you bring 10 souls in? Can he trust you with 5? Can you bring 5 souls in? Can he trust you with 2? What is your ability? What's your capacity? 
But I'm here to let you know that we serve a God when we ask from him. If we are lack in ability, if our capacity is lacking, if we will ask him, he will increase our capacity. He will increase our ability. But have you asked from him? Ask and it shall be given unto you. Knock and doors shall be opened for you. Have you asked him, Lord, I am becoming weak. Increase my capacity and increase my ability. We serve a God who will give you the desire of your heart. What is the desire of your heart? Ten souls? Twenty? Five, two, are you lost the appetite? And then the third parable, Jesus said, I was hungry. You fed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. I was in prison and you visited me. And someone asked him, Lord, when did I give you to drink? When did I give you the clothes when you were naked? When did I visit you when you were in prison? And Jesus said, when you did that to your brothers, you did that to me. Doing things for the Lord. Doing things not to please anyone, but to please God. I'm here to let you know this morning that the world that we live in is dying without hope. And I want to come back to verse uh, chapter 20. 24 again and where Jesus talked about all those things and, and the disciples asked him the question from right from the beginning because these two chapters, 24 and 25, it is built around those two questions. And the, 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 the question was, when is all that going to happen? When is the end of the age or end time? And Jesus gave them this answer, when you see all that happening, and in the 24th chapter, verse 13, he said something very special. Verse 14, actually. He said, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to the nations. And then the end will come. You know, I, I'm, I'm a student, and one of the things that when we go through a master's program and a doctoral program, and you know, Pastor, very well because you are actively involved in that, they make you search and do a research, right? I, I was searching a data a uh, little some time ago. And I found a very reputable uh, institution from Washington, D.C. Uh, it's called the Pew Research Center. It has a good reputation. 
in the government as well as in the non-church circle. Even in the church circle too. In fact, I have heard uh, Dr. Lamar West, when he was a president of the, of the American Bible Society, uh, he said, I had a chance to speak to the leadership and many of their researchers uh, of the Pew Research Center. According to their research, because I'm from an Islamic region, and I will talk, give you one number from the Islamic region. There are two billion Muslims in the world. Forget about the other Hindus and other religions. Let's talk about the second largest religion in the world after Christianity, the Islamic people, Muslims. Two billion, the 25% population of the world, because eight billion is the total number, more or less, and 25% mean two billions. And out of two billions, only 20% have heard the gospel, 20%. The rest of the 80% have not even heard about Jesus one time in their life. One time. And I'm just talking about the Islamic religion. Hinduism, other Buddhism, other religions. Let's just leave him on the side for a moment. This is how much the urgency is. And when Jesus talked about in, this, in, the, in the Gospels, the words that I read in the Gospel of Luke, he said, stay busy until I come. Stay in the business until I come. That's what he meant. Keep sharing the good news. Keep sharing the word of God. People need Jesus. In your neighborhood, people don't know who Jesus is. In your city, people don't know who Jesus is. Beyond the borders, people don't know who Jesus is. It is our responsibility as a church, as a people of God, as those five virgins who are, who are uh, saved and sanctified, who are spirit baptized. It is your responsibility that we step out of our comfort zone and we let the world know that Jesus is the Savior and he still loves you. And that's what we're doing in that part of the world. I, I, I want to give you one small uh, testimony before I, um, I, I end this message. Four years ago, we planted a church in Pakistan. The young man who went to plant a church in Pakistan, he was a PhD scholar here. I shared with you last night. And he had an encounter with the Lord. He said, God told me to go to Pakistan and plant a church. He was making good money here. He was teaching in a university as an English professor. And I opposed him and I said, well, you should not go there because you are settled here now. And we want you to send some money over to Pakistan because we need your money. A PhD scholar makes good money here, right? And because he committed, you know, to us his tithe money and all that, you know. And I said, we want you to send support some pastors there. But he said, God told me to go to Pakistan. So he ended up in going to Pakistan. And he, he started, he targeted the community. He started a, a new church plant there and... In 2019, on Easter Sunday, they brought 800 people together to watch a drama on the stage. 
I'll show you some of those pictures some of sometime. Uh, and that drama was Hosea. And Hosea, you know, is a, is a love story between Hosea and Gomar. And that drama was God still loves his people. That's what a love story is. And when they played a drama on the stage and the message of love of God was presented through Jesus Christ for the world, a hope, a love story of God, Jesus. Can you imagine 100 people, 150 people gave a response and came to the altar after hearing about the love story of God, that God still loves them, and he gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. Today, after four years, there are 600 people in that church. There are 150 children in that church. Just by hearing the love of Jesus Christ, the love of God through Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you. If you have not done that before, start doing it from now. If you have not uh, thought of that mindset of stepping out of your comfort zone and letting people know that God is still interested in you. God is still in love with you because out of his love he created us. Perfect in his own image and in his own likeness. I want to challenge you that we need to adopt that mindset of stepping out of our comfort zone and letting the world know that God still loves them. Thank you very much and God bless all of you. Pastor, I appreciate your time. Uh, I don't know maybe if I went a little over the time limit, but thank you very much, sir. God bless you. May the Lord God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Raymond. The ushers are getting ready and we'll give you an opportunity to give this morning. And uh, a lot of times, I'm going to be you know, really quick here. A lot of times we come to church like, what can the Lord do for me today? How many of you know coming to church is not about us all the time. It's about us giving him praise and him moving on our hearts. But there's a lost people around this world who haven't heard the gospel. And we have an opportunity to invest into a ministry that is reaching the unlost. And how many knows that God is able to pour back into us and help our stretch goes beyond these walls because as we're going to keep giving we're a giving church we're going to keep giving and god is going to keep supplying back to us i'm going to ask uh, uh brother sutton if he's back there is he still with us i'm looking out not in the room right now i was going to have him pray he's been on the mission field and and uh so good that they're visiting from uh, arizona and getting ready to go back home and and uh, we appreciate when they're here in indiana they stop in here and so we're going to miss you until the next time and and uh so make sure you greet them before you uh, leave and see the suttons but i i just trust uh, the lord is doing something today moving on our hearts we are a mission-minded church. You see our mission wall out there. And uh, so we support those ministries. And you're like, well, uh, we, is it really time to add to it? Amen. Absolutely. Let's keep adding to it and trusting the Lord to be pulling back in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. You're a good God. And we ask you, Lord, as we give into this offering today, as we give to you, Lord, as we plan into Pakistan, we plan into, plan into this ministry, the church of God is, is, is fruitful there. 
Lord, we pray, Lord, let there be an abundance of salvation in Pakistan, Lord, and then find us uh, as we're giving to you, increase our talents here, Lord, so we can even see more souls won in the kingdom of God right here in our neighborhood. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless the Lord as you, as you give this morning.